0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking running back combine results on Roto Viz Radio. What's up,
2: Roto Viz?
1: Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. Curtis took a sip of bourbon tonight uh, that looks like it went down a little bit harsher than he might have expected. Uh, might have been one or two combine results that uh some people may have made similar faces at uh that we are looking forward to getting into. How are you doing, Curtis? Oh man.
3: Yeah. You got that right. Uh, r- running backs, um, mixed bag, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the wide receivers. You know, there, there's some, a lot of, uh, we could probably do a show even just on what it meant to swap out Charlie Casserly off of the, uh, the, the hand timed stopwatch, uh, this year's combine. So <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting, uh, really interesting event this year. Uh, I did take a sip of whiskey, not knowing what to expect, it's actually a Japanese whiskey uh, I poured tonight. I don't know if you remember the old movie Lost in Translation with Bill Murray in yeah, the early 2000s. Absolutely. Uh, for relaxing times, make it Suntory time. <laughs> and uh, this is actually a Suntory Toki whiskey. I've never tried it before and didn't know what to expect. It's just it's uh it's a different flavor profile than the bourbons I normally drink. And now that I know what it is. It's a. It's. I'm enjoying these sips a little bit more, but uh, it hit me a little weird. So that's why I almost twitched uh, off of the screen, <laughs> screen when we were warming <laughs> up here. Um. Yeah. But yeah, Dave, I'm very excited to get into the combine results for the running backs with you tonight. And you know, of course, our team will start our uh, rookie mock draft part two or volume two of the Rotovis Fantasy Football Draft Guide. We'll have that out in the next oh week to ten days or so. Just want to get updated with our rankings, with our mock drafts, with our root analyst, uh, uh, why ADP, uh, I, I mean, it's Monday, man. And I couldn't even think of the, <laughs> think of the letters ADP, root analyst ADP and, uh, so much more. Um, yep. so it's going to be quite the eventful week here.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, looking forward to getting started on of my pieces for the rookie guide, but Curtis, if you would be so kind, can you drop the FFPC stat attack sound effect for me? All right. So for our FFPC stat attack night, we are going to be looking at players that weigh 200 or more pounds. And we're doing so because I was talking with my brother and I started talking about speed score and size adjusted metrics. And he was like, whoa, slow down. Just tell me this. How many players that are 200 pounds or more have run a... 40 faster than 4.3 seconds so i thought that was actually kind of an interesting question just an easy way to kind of frame how size can impact the relationship with speed so i went into the rotoviz combine explorer and i looked at for the players that we have in our database which i believe this goes back to around 2000 um but the further you get back the harder it is to find um like, uh, I guess you would say official times that I can agree on the recorded times from multiple sources, uh, just to vet out any issues there. But we'll say since approximately two thousand, it might be two thousand five. Um, only three players, Curtis, that weigh two hundred or more pounds have cracked the four three mark. They are wide receivers wide receiver Darius Hayward Bay, who was out of Maryland to at two ten, ran a four two five forty. You have Corey Grant, running back from Auburn, at two hundred one, ran a four two eight forty, and then Stephen Hill, who some people might remember, was a uh, very intriguing prospect at two fifteen oh, yeah. and seventy six inches, ran a four two eight. Um, so if I take off the filter here, you're going to see that you have guys under there who weighed one fifty nine, one eighty three, one fifty six, one eighty five, one seventy three, one sixty two. 180 most of the players are in that range except my mike wallace who was at 199 so the overwhelming majority of players are like 185 or lower so those were some impressive performances and what you will see is that these top level speeds if you do a scatter plot and try to draw a correlation there definitely is something to be said for being a little bit lighter when trying to hit these like olympic level if you will type of speeds
3: That is super interesting. And man, yeah, those are some rare prospects. Uh, If you want to try to win some rare level, high stakes type money, uh, you can play on myffpc.com. Of course, the FFPC stat attack is all about how to dominate on that platform. We're trying to sell these last couple dynasty orphan teams, Dave. And uh, I think these combine results that we're going to go over tonight certainly aid in any startup drafts that uh, people might partake in this spring. And uh, you know, if you kind of go back in in time over the last couple draft classes, perhaps you'll find a, an orphan squad that has some of the types of prospects that you think could uh, you know break out in year two or
1: three. So check that out at myffpc dot com. All right, Curtis, let's get into these results. And I think there was one player that everyone was interested in seeing, and he showed up, and everybody now is really excited about him. And that is Brees Hall out of Iowa State. We have talked about him on a couple, on the show a couple of times now, but people are going to be even more jazzed up to start talking about him after he comes out at 217 pounds, posts a 439 40-yard dash, 95th percentile result there. And it also translates, Curtis, into a speed score of 117, which is in the 96th percentile Also, 89th percentile broad jump, 94th percentile vert. This is the type of athleticism that people were hoping you could have for a player that was already looking like he could make a case to be the number one player in this class, given the body of work that he had in college. Then you start looking at some of the athletic comps for him. The most impressive ones that you get, Adrian Peterson, Joseph Adai, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews. Marshawn Lynch, Cadillac Williams, and then also had a couple of metric superstars in there who didn't work out, uh, such as Roy Hilu who might have had a season or two, Ben Tate, uh, Kristen Michael, some of these types of players in there, but just really impressive results. A lot of people now, I think this is gonna shoot them up to number one on their on their boards. We'll have to see if maybe this could push that draft stock up just a little bit more where he lands. Were you really surprised and really impressed by these results? Or were you kind of expecting this?
3: I wasn't expecting this level, uh, this level of performance. I thought he would be, you know, pretty much an average athlete, uh, yeah. for his size. Um, so, you know, that is kind of interesting. I mean, he, the, the, attractiveness with Brees Hall was the, the production at the early age and then the ability to kind of repeat the production, um, over the course of each season within his college career, um, I, I don't. I don't. He doesn't seem like he's a sub four four guy to me. Um, that's not what you really see. But also, you know, he's just so often having to try to make you know guys miss, and he didn't really have a lot of those wide open lanes to to try to hit the home runs. So you know, it is pretty interesting. You know, how to, I don't know if you ha- you've had a chance to go back and look at how this kind of overlays with your uh, breakaway rush analysis and what you found on on Brees Hall, but. You know, I, I think it's always interesting to look at our combine results and then kind of go back and see, all right, well, did that show up in explosive plays you know, on the field, in particular running back where you have to create uh, some of those opportunities uh, for yourself, Dave?
1: Yeah. So in terms of the of what I ended up seeing in breakaway rush score um, for this year, I was not expecting to see this type of of speed from Hall. Um, yeah. because he had a breakaway rush score of 101, which was good in this class, um, but in others, um, you know, wasn't the type that made me think that I was going to see tremendous numbers here. Now, you know, for example, a guy like Jonathan Taylor only had a score of 115, um, in college, but with the way that breakaway rush score works, that's actually you know a sizable difference. Um, and then just kind of like anecdotally from what I had seen, like you said, I wasn't expecting this. So I think that we are looking at a player that has the potential to be a little bit more explosive and perhaps if they find themselves in a situation that's a little bit more conducive to these plays, you know, with speed like that, he should be able to make usage of it.
3: Yeah. I I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, if he lands in a spot with an, an amazing offensive line, you know, that's just creating all types of, you know, first five yards opportunity for him. You know, kind of like what the Seattle Seahawks ended up doing for Rashad Penny over the last quarter of the season when, you know, you're not being touched for four yards. Yeah, yep. it's it's not a surprise that you can rack up big chunk plays uh, at that point. You know, going back to volume one of the Rookie Guide, Dave, we had Brees Hall and Traylon Burks then uh, a two-man 1A tier. Yep. And in our super, both in our super flex tight end premium rankings and in our one QB uh PPR rankings. You know, I, I don't think that, you know Hall certainly drops out of the the one a tier there. Um, we'll have to talk about the wide receivers in another episode, but I, I think our our stance on him was was correct. Um, the combine for for running backs, you know you're just looking for people to have requisite athleticism. you know, some of the high end prospects and in, in years gone by. I remember having some I guess relatively speaking subpar combines, you know, Dalvin cook kind of exactly. famously comes to mind yep. or even Devin Singletary, um, just some of these really poor combine performances and the production and the age really just seems to trump all, um, for, for running backs. And so, you know, somebody has to be really, really horrendous and also not get the draft capital for us to totally just fall off. Yep. Um, but right now we still can't solve for draft capital. So, uh, it, it certainly doesn't hurt Brees Hall to run a sub four. It doesn't hurt Brees Hall's case to look like one of the better size-adjusted athletes of the past decade or decade and a half. Those are all very positive things. And I think in what's shaping up to be a pretty strong class of wide receivers with the more and more information that we get, um, Hall may be separating himself from that next tier of running backs. And because of the quality and depth at uh, the wide receiver position, perhaps Hall will find himself in a unanimous 101 spot in volume two of our rookie guy. It'll be interesting to see how all of us uh, compete for his talents in the <laughs> mock draft,
1: Dave. For sure. So that that just gives me two things I, I want to mention here. Now, Devin Singletary was a really interesting case, especially because of his size and his speed score at his size. Um, so that was kind of just highlights to how sometimes you have to look at all of the factors to see if it matters, right? So like if you have a small player that runs a very small player, let's say even that runs like an average time that could hurt them in a way sometimes because you want to see something that shows maybe they're a little bit special in a way. Second point that it brings up for me is just thinking about Brees Hall now from a more historical perspective. Let's say that we were looking at Brees Hall in a stronger class because now that you see that speed score up in that range, people say, oh, you know, maybe we're getting a player like a Jonathan Taylor, like a Saquon Barkley. Hmm. Right. And I'm still not really sold that we're looking at anything like that. So just to manage expectations for people here, it's exciting, but still this profile in most classes, you're not looking at a player that's by and large, the number one prospect, or are you?
3: Oh, no. I mean, and I think that's why our team probably had Trelon, you know, above him in our initial ranking set. So, however... Uh, you know, value-based drafting is even a thing in rookie drafts. Of course, you're not um, comparing it to, you know, any sort of established role or, you know, established NFL uh, PPR scoring history, but, you know, relative value is a thing. And if the gap between Hall and whatever you can get at the running back position in the second round, um, if that delta yeah. is far greater than what you can get by taking Burks at the 101 uh, or by taking Hall at the 101 and a wide receiver at the 201, you do have to kind of think about that. Ultimately, right. what we want is fantasy points at the next level. Um, and if if you're just trying to win the flex, then it doesn't really matter which position those points come from. Um, but it, in many leagues, obviously, we're forced to start certain numbers of players at certain positions. And that's why this discussion is so interesting. And it'll be a debate you know, that we have yeah. every year. Every time we get more yeah. information, but I think, you know, to put a bow on Hall, uh, before we go to the the next four players that we want to cut up tonight, uh, Dave, he, he did everything that he needed to do to solidify at worst round two NFL draft capital. And given his, uh, age adjusted size, adjusted production and athleticism, uh, he looks like a fine option at the top of drafts.
1: All right, good. I think we have him wrapped up there. Now, a player that put up a performance a lot of people were surprised to see was Mr. Kenneth Walker uh, out of Michigan State by way of Wake Forest. So this is a player who's now just seen himself steadily rise up boards at 211 pounds, put up a 438 40 yard dash. That's 97th percentile score, translating to a speed score of 115, which is 90. 3rd percentile his best comps are Ray Rice, DeAndre Swift, odd to see uh, Duke Johnson fall in there, Felix Jones. A Couple of interesting results. So, you know, not as exciting overall of a group as the one that we saw with Hall, but I think that overall that 40 was a result a lot of people liked 73rd percentile broad 43% vert. So, it looks like we might have seen a little bit more athleticism with him than people may have been expecting. Continues to creep up boards with the reaction that you have seen to this performance from Walker. Do you think, and in the context of what happened with some of the other backs, do you think that we might see his draft stock rise up a little bit in the actual NFL draft? And then from a fantasy perspective, has your opinion on him changed at all?
3: I think his NFL draft stock was likely already probably higher than we were thinking mm-hmm. of him in terms of his fantasy draft stock. Uh, it just kind of seems like the high performing big 10 running backs. That's a well that the NFL feels very comfortable with um, over the years. You know, if you, if you end up in in the Heisman picture, uh, all American picture as a big 10 running back, it's kind of hard to fall beyond day two. Just, it just has been historically. And, um, I think the concerns with Walker, you know, a potential concern is his ability or lack of uh, in the receiving game. Um, you know, players can be utilized differently in the NFL, and if he's good enough to never come off of the field, he could have a Melvin Gordon outcome where he ends up catching fifty balls anyway. Uh, but you know, heavy usage over three seasons in college and just racks up nineteen receptions. Um, and it's also just kind of weird to me that it took the transfer to Michigan state uh, to all of a sudden bust out. You know, I mean the, the teammate quality at Michigan state versus wake forest was, was far different. Uh, He was able to score touchdowns at wake forest, but he just looked like a totally different player. Maybe he's a late bloomer, um, you know, and the stars aligned and, you know, there's those types of players that just have the one big year in college and especially at the running back position that can go on and have some success. So, Um, there's reasons we weren't as sold on him there. You know, I think those reasons are why he wasn't our RB two in volume one, given this performance versus the performance of, uh, the player that he was just one slot behind. Um, you know, it, again, it's information. Uh, it probably helps to predict the draft capital or the likely draft capital. So I could very, very easily see Walker becoming our RB two uh in, in volume two, it'll be, you know, I, I got to see what what does Travis think? What does Blair think? In my head, that's kind of what I'm thinking uh, will happen in my own rankings. Dave, uh, what what about you? Uh, Walker versus Spiller? Because I know we're going to talk Spiller tonight, too.
1: Yeah. So one of the things is and I guess we'll just touch upon Spiller here, I guess, briefly was um, his agent is saying in light of his pretty weak performance where he ended up not running yeah. all of the drills that he was injured and that impacted how he did. So we'll have to see, does he then try to put up a better performance at a pro day? Do they just say he was injured? He has to take some time to recover, let teams go off of what he did in college. Um, I'm going to have to see how that shakes out before our final ranking comes in. Just post combine though. (sighs) It's hard, man. It's really hard because... I liked Spiller a considerable amount more than Walker, and I'm not sure off of this combine performance alone if I should slate him back. However, when I start doing the calculations in my head of how his performance could impact his draft stock, how, you know, the potential injury um, could change the minds of teams that might make me have to move him back but i think that now there's a there's there's a conversation there and i am going to expect that even if i don't and even if all of our team doesn't get there i think across the industry you're probably going to see walker in that second spot now um but time will tell where exactly i end up with him
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
3: Yeah, kind of looking at our 1B from volume one, it was four wide receivers plus Spiller. Mm -hmm. And Spiller kind of creeped up there because we were just looking for that running back that, you know, maybe could catch fire. And, you know, as you said, we'll have to wait. Maybe the jury's still out a little bit. If anything, we got validation on a lot of the receivers, and we don't have that information on the running back. Maybe Spiller just drops into that tier two, uh, and and we see a wide receiver leap over him. And tier one B is just chock full of wide receivers. I could easily see that happening, and you know maybe Spiller does stay a slot ahead uh, of Walker. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I don't want to gloss over Walker talking about how disappointing uh, it was not to get the information on Spiller. You know, some of the the athletes that Walker profiles. Closely with, and, and of course, we're referencing our Rotoviz Prospect Workout Explorer. Dave uh, does an, a fantastic job of, of updating that. It's a really beautiful dashboard. Uh, so, if you're not, you know, familiar with that tool, I would definitely encourage you to check that out. You Can actually comp the players with all NFL uh, drafted athletes or with their natural position only. Um, that can be a fun exercise, in particular with some of like the big slot tight ends. You know, uh, comping mm-hmm. them to the to the wide receivers. Of course, for running back, you know what is Take uh, a look at Walker versus the other the other backs, but some of those names that that are returned again. Walker measuring in at uh, five foot nine and two hundred eleven pounds. Uh, some familiar names, you know, Ray Rice uh, pops up. Rice was an inch shorter uh, and a pound heavier. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy McNichols, Felix Jones. Felix Jones is pretty interesting. Um, actually, could maybe see that type of outcome uh, for Walker. Uh, just. Those names next to each other look kind of right to me. Uh, we also see Duke Johnson and DeAndre Swift amongst uh, familiar names. And then some flash-in-the-pan type guys also showing up in uh, Jerome Harrison. who had a a, a short uh, period of NFL relevance. Wendell Smallwood and uh, Ty Johnson as well. Lots of guys names that can that catch passes you might in there, recognize. Curtis. there, There are lots, lots of guys who can catch catches. passes.
1: <laughs> Let's it, hope it, that means hide. he can
3: catch passes. Yeah does height and weight um imply pass uh, catching
1: ability I don't know <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I, anecdotally it, people yeah. think that it does um yeah. we've looked at that before and I remember we concluded and that makes me want to go write an article <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm happy to help inspire but yep you know I I think uh, I think with Walker the, the thing is here listen if if you put up the type of season that he just put up at Michigan state with over 1600 rushing yards and 19 total touchdowns and you come and you weigh 210 plus in a, in a relatively weak running back class. And then, and then you run a sub four, four, I mean, you're getting drafted on day two. Uh, You just are, and you're probably getting drafted in round two, not just day two. So that has to matter. At some point, the NFL's evaluation uh, matters more than ours. We're just trying to um, pick out the guys that we think maybe the scouts got wrong. Yep. Um, Walker is a guy that most of the scouts are going to think they're right on. And there are plenty of running back needy teams that will not want to pay a free agent price for uh, a Rashad Penny or uh, a James Conner or Chase Edmonds. And and you can go select a player uh, at a very low salary in the second round of the NFL draft, especially in the late second and get the same type of production or maybe even better. And that's going to matter for fantasy purposes.
1: Yes, sir. So that puts a, uh... That's enough info there on Walker. Now, the other player that's really exciting to talk about is Rashad White, player that may have yeah. improved his draft stock more than any other player uh, that we're going to be talking about from a fantasy perspective. Um, really impressive performance. Now, I have to say that this was a name that Travis uh, May was a big fan of, if I'm not mistaken, Curtis, when we were working yeah. on the guide, right? and yep. he was he was talking about him in the slack that we have, while he was posting results and getting very excited so. A running back out of Arizona state will be a little bit older at the age of 23.1 running at the combine, uh, 72 inches, 214 pounds, put up a four, four, eight, which is a 79th percentile 40 translating into a speed score of one Oh six. So a 76th percentile 40, then very athletic, uh, with an 86th percentile broad 85th percentile 40. Um, I should mention, um, if you're unaware of this. I do not believe that a single running back participated in any of the agility drills. So we're not going to have any numbers on those. And then not many, um, not many guys participated in bench, which we don't even really care about. Um, So from a comp perspective, there's some interesting guys in here too, Curtis. Um, I'm going to wait though. And you just talk maybe here quickly about the ones that stand out to you and what you make of um, those comps as you look through them.
3: I see some players that that don't really remind me of Rashad White at all and then I see a couple that that really do. Yep. Um so the ones that wouldn't remind me of Rashad White would be Marshawn Lynch. I don't see that. Um you know, I don't see Melvin Gordon. Um but I do maybe see Tony Pollard. Uh I do maybe see on Johnson. Now on Johnson didn't pan out in the NFL. Uh it got banked up and and just was drafted by the Lions regime that, you know, you know, hopefully they're on the up and up, but uh at the time they they carry on entered the league, unfortunately, uh, the stars did not align. But when you look at Rashad White, yes, he's gonna be older. Um, but you know, he showed uh he showed above average athleticism, you know, and across the board and in, in the events he was willing to show us. But the biggest, you know, check mark uh in the favorable box for Rashad White is the demonstrated receiving ability. We question whether Kenneth Walker has that because he hasn't had the opportunity to showcase that on the field. But Rashad White, even dating back to his JUCO days in 2019, when, when he caught 25 balls for 200 yards, and then, you know, of course, in 2021, last season, 43 receptions for 456 receiving yards and a, and a really massive 16% target share uh, for the Arizona State uh, Sun Devils. So that that's what really gets you excited. And I think this combine performance was impressive enough that um, yeah, it gives me hope that he could be a really late day two guy, or maybe one of those very early day three guys, um, that gets him enough up the board from a priority standpoint that I could see white, you know, being a, a very early second round fantasy, uh, rookie draft pick, or maybe even a non-super flex and one QB even sneaking into the the very late first, um, just because of that, that PPR upside, uh, that people are are going to see you know, you hate to see the 20, the age, 23.1, that's his current age, Dave. I mean, he's going to be Mm -hmm. over 23 and a half when he takes his first uh, live NFL snap. And so you got to keep that in mind too. I mean, he's half a contract in already compared to some of these other Mm -hmm. guys from an age perspective, but the shelf life on the running backs is short anyway, and never really want to plan, you know, more than a year or two ahead uh, with these guys who stands out to you amongst his Sims, Dave.
1: Well, like you said, there's some that one might like and, um, some that don't really apply. But I think it's interesting to see guys like Miles Sanders and Marlon Mack even in there. Mm. Um, Because I think that Sanders in particular was a guy that had a really interesting combine performance, got a lot of people excited. Now, he hasn't been the greatest fantasy player worked out like people might have hoped when you saw that ridiculous combine that he put together and knew that he was the player behind Saquon at Penn State. But in a class like this, to have a player like Rashad White, who we have a decent size, like I said, at 214, 72 inches, now having some athleticism, comping with guys like Marlon Mack and Miles Sanders, who even if they weren't stars, were competent at the NFL level, I think are nice ones to see in that list.
3: The other thing that we can do, uh, of course, the prospect workout explorer is the really, you know, that's the the, the immediate tool that we want to run to and see how these guys stack up. But of course, <clears throat> probably the the more Robust tool yep. uh, is still the prospect box score scout. And now that has been updated with the, the athletic measurables. And let's just see what happens with Rashad White if we give him late day two draft pick status. So, you know, let's say he goes like 92 overall, um, because I was definitely in volume one of the guide looking at him as a mid day three pick round five, round six type guy. But if he were to get round three, we see Gio, Bern- <laughs> Gio Bernard, Bernard. Uh, Shady McCoy, uh, both showing up in his top five. Those are names that he was not pulling in before. Now, again, a, a bit of a warning signal is once you adjust for draft capital, what are the types of players that get pulled in? You still see a lot of guys that were drafted a heck of a lot later than Rashad White. Most of his top 10 Sims in the tools still end up being very late day three guys. James Starks, Devontae right. Booker, Eno Benjamin, uh, Deion Lewis, Buck Allen. Uh, Marlon Mack actually does show up there as well. So I think, you know, we should temper our expectations. If you look at the entirety of the list, obviously Shady is, is you know, the, the otherworldly name that you get on the list, but everyone else in there, I mean, even Gio Bernard, you know, he had the the high, the hot couple, you know, high-end RB2 seasons, or maybe even snuck in a, a low-end RB1 season in there at some point, but he never became an elite uh, dynasty asset. Uh, and you, you actually had to draft him like one. Uh, But looking, man, it feels like so many years ago. But he was an early uh, rookie draft pick in in that year in what was also a relatively weak draft class. So, um, anyway, you know, Rashad White certainly helped his case um, in the absence of information from some of the higher profile name guys. And uh, I'm a little bit more interested. You know, kudos on Travis to being a, a little bit early on him. Of course, he's insane enough to watch some of these pack 12 games, uh, during the season from uh, teams that aren't really competing. Uh, but Rashad white, um, looks like he's going to be a name to continue to monitor.
1: Yeah. So we have a pretty good idea of what the ceiling there could look like. Um, but let's talk about a player that really, really disappointed and has precipitously plummeted down draft boards i would imagine both real and imaginary uh at this point and that is kyron williams a running back out of notre dame who is 69 inches tall 194 pounds and put up a 29th percentile 40 yard dash with a time of 465 giving him a speed score of just 83 That is not in the range where you want to be. And that starts to borderline on the range where you have to say this player does not have much potential in the NFL. And I think that Williams was a player that needed to show athleticism. Now, he's smaller, so maybe that impacts his ability with the broad and, uh, you know, could explain some of his 33rd percentile broad and then just a 20th percentile vert. So just does not give people a lot to point to here Um, to help them elevate his profile. I would say actually really hurts it. Um, The best comp that you're going to see, James White. Other than that, you know, maybe uh, it's hard to find guys to to get excited about when you see like Kadeem Carey in there, who I remember is not being very athletic. You have to start to cringe. Um, This really hurts him. Does it remove him really, Curtis, from your list of players that we need to think about now?
3: As right as Travis was on Rashad White, I was that right on Kyron Williams. Uh, I think I had him as a late, late second round pick um, in our first set of rankings. I just did not see it. I didn't think he would weigh there. Um, And, you know, he, he didn't um, not that I'm a film guy, but I I just did not see it. Um, And, you know, this is why it's important to do things within the context of a team. Um, none of us, you know, none of us are, are dedicating, you know, thousands of hours uh, per year towards prospect analysis, but, you know, we do want to adjust enough that we can, you know, give good guidance, uh, in rookie drafts and make good decisions on our own. Cause after all, you know, we're playing the game along, uh, with all the listeners, Kyron Williams, I, I just, I don't see him dropping far enough to ever become a value. You know, when you look at the types of names that are on here, like almost every guy that Not that there are many, but the guys that do have any value on his twenty-some deep list of names, uh, you know, either produced more in college or or ran similarly, but you know, maybe seven to ten pounds heavier. Um, You know, we were talking kind of joking about Devin Singletary earlier, but Singletary's production was off the charts compared to what I mean. Singletary literally has a historically great production profile amongst Division One running backs, and he's two inches shorter and seven pounds heavier at the combine. So it's just a totally different type of BMI profile yeah. um, versus Kyron Williams. And, you know, you mentioned James White, but, you know, James White, you know, he was a, a very thought of as a very elite uh, running back in the Wisconsin program mm-hmm. and then hit in just the right type of situation with a team that was willing to innovate and throw the ball to the running back, you know, much more than other you know, teams in the NFL at that time. But when you see names like Ray Ray McLeod, who had to convert to wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, one, Mizell, solve even Salvon Ahmed, who I know yeah. that's a name that you know I talked about a lot last year, and uh, in, in trying to play the uncertain backfield in Miami between him and Miles Gaskin, Ahmed was a four-year producer with awesome production, and it didn't save him from from day three draft capital. So I just don't see how Williams gets enough value at the real NFL draft to be on our radar unless he drops to rookie draft round three, uh, for those of you listening.
1: Yeah. So for me, I mean, I think that this is something that's I, I wasn't that high on Williams to begin with, but it, it kind of solidifies the interest that I had in players like Jerome Ford, um, yeah. you know, in some of those spots at running back where I would be thinking yep. about going for a back, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about those guys and, and chop up some more of this as time draws on, but those were the five guys I wanted to highlight tonight. We'll talk about wide receiver tomorrow. Um, Were there any other performances at running back that you think that we just need to hit real quickly, or you think those are kind of the main takeaways?
3: I mean, I think those were the names that, that people are really excited to talk about uh, in the aftermath. Um, I think your, your boy, Jerome Ford, um, did do himself, you know, some favors with uh the, the four four six forty. Um, you know, I think that's a that's a pretty good result uh, at two ten. Um looks like in at least above average speed, you know, it's an eighty third percentile, forty. And he returned some interesting names. Um, just kind of quickly going down through the list. You know, we get Dalvin Cook, uh, we get Sean Moreno, Rashad Penny. Miles Sanders, all showing up amongst the positive names, and and even a name like man, this is going back in the time uh, machine a little bit. But Mike Gillisley, yep, I don't know if that's the number one, um, the the number one there. That's a really interesting name. And then my guy, um, I I warned everyone that this would happen, and so it's not making me budge at all off of my take. But Tyler Algier uh, coming back with the four six even, that's actually what I projected him at. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, you know, I. This could make him a value. It's not bumping me off of him at all. You know, he's a rare type, rare in this class, type of profile. And that he gives us that two hundred twenty four pound validated weight at the combine, uh, well rounded producer. And so, you know, we knew that he wasn't a blazer, uh, but he still did have a, a pretty good uh, chunk score uh, return. You know, Dave's breakaway rest scores. I would encourage everyone to check that out um, Algier for his size and lack of high, high end speed was still able to get, you know, plenty of those plays into his profile. So if he slips into the mid to late second round, we'll still be gobbling up the shares
1: for sure. Uh, some players, you know, when you know their profile and you know what you're looking for, um, these things are going to matter a little bit less. And he's a great example of that. So, as I said, we're going to talk through some of these wide receiver names, uh tomorrow and then we will also be back with another show on friday look forward let to me get... hit the
3: algier names real quick okay let me yeah. hit the algier name hey i didn't have it i'm trying to find yet, the, the sound effects
1: that i'm looking for anyway so kill some time for okay me. well
3: I'll, I'll bring it home these are the types of guys that you envision with an algier type of, of profile so it's really cool to see the names actually be the ones to show up uh the law firm ben jarvis green ellis um sean green Eddie Lacy, uh, Steven Ridley and David Montgomery. You know, those are all types of players that you're thinking about with Algier. I think Monty's probably a little bit more agile um, than than Algier, but you know, certainly you know a, a bigger back that is not a, a breakaway threat. All of these guys running in the high four fives, low four sixes, at 220 plus pounds, and ended up being you know just fine in the NFL I think draft capital is what we'll have to watch out for I still think he could sneak into the late third but you know we'll have to wait and see
1: thank you for listening to the Viz fantasy football show send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com follow us on twitter at davecabenff and at cpatricknfl leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate review and subscribe